Hey, welcome to Kingsway Caring Bar. We are a community inspired by love to live differently. I'm Dave, one of the pastors here. It's so great to have you with us. We pray this teaching will inspire you, build your faith, and lead you to a life of fullness and freedom in Jesus. Enjoy the message. Morning. Uh, if you haven't met me before, my name's Adam, and uh, I just get the privilege of sharing, uh, I guess, a little bit of a story with you today, and um, a little bit of my understanding of uh, who God is and what God says, what He promises, and how that has um, connected a little bit with my life. Hopefully, by the end of our little chat this morning, um, maybe, just maybe, They'll, you'll find some connection um, in this part of God's Word and His promise. Sound all right? Awesome. Um, this is my family, or just a little part of, um, an important part of for me. I've got a bigger family uh, that sits outside of that, but these are, the, these are the ones that I hold close. And that's my wife, Elisa. Um, some of you know her as EJ. And then my oldest son is Will. And then we have Luke. <laughs> And then we have Ashley. Um, I love them. I like them. We get on, unless we don't. <laughs> uh, this, was a, this was a photo I was taken just about a year ago. Uh, we were uh, in the happiest place on earth together, having the happiest time we'd ever had. It was really, really great trip. Uh, spent some time there. I'm not sure if I'd be travelling to that sort of part of the world at the moment. Not that I could if I wanted to really effectively, but we, we had a really, really good time together. So that's my family. I just want to focus particularly on my kids. So Will is uh, just recently had a birthday, 16 years old, and he's driving a car now. And if you're watching at home, Will, I had a great time with you yesterday. We were, we're, we've, he's been in an automatic car for a little while, and we, we're, we're, we're sliding into a manual and if you've ever driven a manual car, you've had that experience at the beginning uh, where you're not that good at it. So we're at that stage at the moment with work. So anyway, these are my children. I'll, I really do love them incredibly. Um, the picture that I can't show you, however, is um, the children that I can't show you. Um, that's not all of my kids. Uh, let me, let me tell you about that. Uh, so Will was born about 16 years ago, uh, just a little bit over. Uh, before Will was born, Elisa and I were pregnant with another child. And uh, that was uh, our first, and we were so super excited. And we, we journeyed through our first pregnancy together and um, started the ultrasounding process and found it, finding out that everything was okay and started... A few, our family and our friends that this, we were going to have a kid. It was really exciting. It was something that we were looking forward to, um, something that we'd pl been planning and anticipating for some time. Um, and then all of a sudden, for no reason whatsoever, we lost that child. And uh, that was really complex. Uh, I, don't, I don't imagine, I can't even imagine actually um, what that's like in the life of my wife. But I can know is um, I know what it's like in my life uh, and lose, uh, I guess, an anticipation of a, of, of a 
personally. I might swap mics, Jenny, that's all right. Yeah. Um, I think one of the hardest things for me was um, making all of those phone calls that we just made, those excited phone calls to our friends and our family and, and uh, switching that phone call over to uh, a, a conversation of devastation and loss. Um, of, of lost dreams and lost hopes and, and it wasn't good. There is nothing about that moment in my life that was good. It was yuck. It was hard. It was bad. It was bad. And incredibly complex because you, you don't know how to feel. Um, so the feelings just take you on for a ride as you go. Um, we were really fortunate enough to um, be able to fall pregnant again and um, through, I guess, a lot of nerves and stressful moments, uh, Will was born. And uh, that, that was incredible, incredible to have my first son um, who I could hold. Uh, that, that was great. That was really great. So tra travelling on, uh, we, uh, EJ and I... Um, wanted to have more than one kid. We wanted to have a bit of a family. And, and as, we, um, as we traveled down that road again, uh, that, that sense of that, that story of miscarriage um, became a part of our journey. And uh, we lost a number of children along the way um, through our journey of coming to those three beautiful children that you saw on that photo. Uh, one of the other one of the other experiences of of uh, losing a child that I, again I find, found really challenging was uh, I'm a twin, um, and so that you know that's that's a part of my identity and who I am, and uh, and when we fell pregnant with Luke, um, we, we discovered that Luke was a twin. Uh, we were we were you know ultrasounding early and whatnot and um, being stressed all the time every time there was a pregnancy and and found out that Luke was a twin, and, and despite our, our best intentions to hold that information, because we were always nervous and stressed, um, that, that sense of, oh, there's another, potentially another twin in the family, we, we decided to tell our families. And, uh, and that was really exciting. I remember that quite vividly, showing an ultrasound picture to my mum and her being really excited by that. And it would have been, I don't know, maybe a week or so after that, we lost one of those babies. Um, just didn't make it. Um, yeah, so we were really incredibly fortunate enough to 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 have Luke, and um, yeah, and then through another a couple of other experiences, um, ended up with Ashley as well, which is awesome. And that sort of rounded out the family that I can hold. But there's a lot of kids um, throughout my journey and throughout EJ's journey that I never got to hold, um, and they're still there as a part of of our experience and our journey. Um, but man, they, they, were, they weren't good times. I, I recall them being incredibly stressful times in our life. Uh, every, every moment there was fear and anxiety and worry and what's gonna happen and uh, do you feel okay? Is, 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 does that mean something bad? Um, super struggle, super struggle, super hard. And, and as, a, as a person who loves Jesus, uh, I, I stumble across this type of commentary in the Bible and 
and start to question. If all things are meant to work together for the good of those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose, like, let's be honest, that's not exactly part of my experience. And this is a verse quite particularly that, that gets, because it's so known, uh, particularly in circles of faith, um, a lot of the words get missed out as you go. And, and you start, the, the language shorthands a little bit. And so the, the, the theme that has come through in my life and my growing up and understanding and knowing this verse is that all things are going to work out for good. All things are going to be okay. Everything's going to be good. And when I was younger, well, you know, you, my life cruised along pretty well, and that wouldn't have been a lie. Uh, but as I grow up, and I'm particularly going through these experiences with EJ, um, I, that sits incongruent to my experience. And my guess is that you might have something in your sphere that's the same, that you've had some experiences in your life of your if you're old enough to have walked the road of life for a little while, that things just aren't good. There's some things that just aren't good. You got that experience in your life? So, like, I've wrestled with this particular verse. I've wrestled and dug and thought and read and reread and disagreed and complained and thought. And what continues to boil down for me is that this word good. Uh, it's, it's summertime. One of the things that I love about summer is mangoes and the pool. If you can get me next to a pool with a mango, I'm happy. Um, I would call that a good experience. It's a good day if I'm sitting with a mango by the pool. Uh, and if I, I was out yesterday at the shops um, feeling mangoes, hoping hoping that there would be one that would be good for me. Um, and I haven't found one yet, and I'm, I'm anticipating that moment where I take a bite of that mango and I say to myself and out loud, oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. I had a good time when I was in the States. I had a really good time. Things are good, but I'm not sure that the taste of a mango is the same good as all things working together for the good of those that love the Lord and are calling, called according to his purpose. It's a different word. It's a different meaning. And the two can't sit together. It doesn't make sense. Because if I think that something is good, and in my experience that something is good, when something's bad, if I'm equating good to that, I'm going to be incredibly in an incredibly difficult place. So I need to figure out what this good is. <clears throat> let, me, uh, let me show you this. It's the word agathos. And uh, what it means is good in its nature. Whether it be seen to be good or not, it's inherently or intrinsically a good thing. And for the believer, it describes what originates from God and is empowered by him in their life through faith. What that says to me as I think about that as a definition is that the very fabric of God is good, good and right and true. 
His nature, his existence, the way that he is made is good. God is good. It is a deeper, deeper version of a nice-tasting mango. In fact, so deeply deeper, it doesn't even compare. God is, by his very nature, good. And in the context of that verse in Romans chapter 8, God is working things together for the good of those that love the Lord. God's working things into the nature of goodness, into the fabric of goodness. So in my experience, that does not change the bad things to be good. It doesn't reconcile those bad things to be good things. I cannot imagine a time in my life where I sit back on my rocking chair on my deck and say, wow, Losing those kids was really good. God made that good. Because it won't be. It won't ever be. There'll be, there'll be times in your life that you will never look back on and say, gee, that was good. Because some things are just inherently not good. We live in a fallen place where bad things happen. Things that aren't good. Uh, back, back in, in uh, that child that we lost before, Will, where Ege and I decided that we would sort of, um, because we'd had to communicate it to a bunch of people that we'd lost a child, we decided that we would live and talk about it a little open-handedly. Instead of carrying it and holding it to ourselves, that we'd, we'd talk about it. Um, we decided that at the time, partially because we'd told a, a, a significant number of people, but because it was too hard to carry alone. Now, we're in a church community uh, a little south of here, and um, it just felt like the right thing to do to live honestly and live openly inside of that community space. And so we did. Uh, that didn't make it good, didn't make it easy. Um, in fact, probably at, po- at points made it really hard. Um, but I know for me, what I, what I decided to do was because I couldn't reconcile, and I still honestly can't reconcile those kids um, and what, what, they, what their purpose in life was. If God has a purpose in life for me and for you, I still don't understand what his purpose was for those kids. So I, I decided that without being able to understand, I would pass that to him. I know that God is big, and I know that God has an understanding of life that is far deeper than mine, and so I decided that I'd pass that to him. Just say, God, you're going to need to deal with this because I can't. So there was a long, long process of handing that to him. Um, None of that made it good. Talking about it didn't make it good. Handing it over to God didn't make it good. Nothing did. Nothing will. So as I'm wrestling with this verse, um, uh, I, I always want to make sure when I'm looking at, at God and his word that, that it's, it's not just a standalone thing. And so I want to dig a little bit deeper and I want to see what else is potentially there in God's word and the things that he says to, to check, is this actually a promise of God's? Is this something that he says and that he means that he's going to do? Roman, that, this, that passage in Romans 8 sits um, in, in a beautiful part of, of writing. Um, 
that talks about all of creation with this incredibly deep urge for reconciliation, this, this deep urge to be made right, to come to what it was designed to be. Everything in creation is groaning towards its reconciliation. Everything. And then there's this beautiful bookend at the end of, of this passage that talks about God's great provision and his presence and that, that, that promise that he will be with us and that he's conforming me into the likeness of his son. And so when I look at the great, that greater part of Romans chapter 8, what I start to see is that everything has this hope in God and what he had planned. And everything is groaning towards that anticipation of that day when things will be made whole, where the fabric of things becomes good. And he promises me his presence and he promises uh, his provision and he promises that I will be conformed to the likeness of his son. I'll be transformed into who I was meant to be, which is in the likeness of his son. So in the midst of all of my non-good things, they're the things that I'm hoping and I'm hanging on to. Because in the midst of bad, there's a groan towards something better. And that idea of hoping isn't isolated in God's word, not at all. Um, right throughout the Psalms, there's a sense of um, bad and hope, bad and hope. This is not going well. Everyone's against me. Uh, the world seems to be coming to an end, and yet I will hope. David says it um, over and over, particularly Psalm 39. He says, where will I put my hope? My hope is in you. My hope's in you, God. That's the only place I can hope. Uh, the psalmist who wrote Psalm 71 as, as a, a person of old age who had an incredible amount of life experience, recognising that life was full of complex and hard things, says, despite everything, in Psalm 71 verse 14, he says, despite everything, I will continue to hope. Over and over we see a, a message of people that, despite the circumstance, they know enough of God that they say, I'm going to hope in you. I'm going to hope and look forward to the day when the fabric of good becomes a thing. Uh, the prophet Habakkuk uh, speaks and prophesies about a, a, a growing and incredibly difficult time for the life of God's people. Um, and does exactly the same thing. Habakkuk chapter 3 says that, you know, even though the, the, the fields um, are barren and the, the fruit trees won't bear and everything is going wrong and nothing's going right, I will continue to rejoice in you. I'll continue to set my eyes on you in the hope of things being made right because that's what you promise. So there's, there's this continuing echo right throughout God's word of people that choose to hope in difficult times. I was thinking about the story of Stephen in Acts chapter 7 and Acts chapter 8. Uh, Stephen was having a conversation with a bunch of people and um, nobody could refute what he was saying. And so they lied about him to get him, I guess, put in front of the courts. And so through a false accusation, he was led into a circumstance that wasn't good, um, where he was really being targeted and abused. And throughout the process of that targeted abuse, um, he said, I guess he spoke enough truth that um, 
he was dragged out of the city and began to be stoned to death. And yet he held on to hope and he held on to what he knew was God who was intrinsically and by fabric and by nature good. But he died. Stoned to death. I can't imagine in anyone's world that's a good thing. It's not good for Stephen, for his family, for his friends. Nothing about that would have been good. But the story of Acts goes on almost immediately to say a great persecution grew in that area. A great persecution and all of the believers were scattered to different parts. That in and of itself is not good. That would have been horrible and horrific and hard for those people. Yet there's an echo back to Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2 where um, there's a promise of a dispersion of the message of God. There's a promise of God's word going out and having life. And that was the moment in Acts chapter 7 and Acts chapter 8 where that dispersal happened. And through a bad circumstance, almost instantly, person after person after person had an opportunity for a conversation about, about their life with God. And many people turned. Many people repented. And I, I mean, gee, I, I would say from that moment, oh, I'm sitting here. I might not have been here had it not been for that moment. Because the message of Jesus going out to the, the whole world really started at that. At one of, that was one of the pivot points. A bad circumstance that was a pivot point for positive things. So we, Ege and I decided to, I guess, live open-handedly and live transparently through our um, complex grief. Uh, not knowing, but hoping that something something would be resolved. Uh, and in doing so, um, each had an opportunity to have a chat with, um, with a lady who um, had been carrying an intense amount of secret pain, uh, who had had a number of miscarriages, I'm talking in the teens of miscarriages, Miscarriage after miscarriage after miscarriage after miscarriage. Just losing children over and over and over. And she was carrying that and hadn't told anybody about that. And I can't even begin to imagine how deeply painful that would have been for her. But in the process of us just saying, this is our experience, she connected with EJ. And they were able to have a, a number of conversations and I know in those moments that she found um, a connection, she found somebody that cared, she found somebody that understood, at least in a small part, someone that she could walk with where previously she hadn't had people to walk with. And I think that was good. And I know EJ would say, I think that was good. And not only, not only with that lady, but some, with some, some other uh, young people that were a little bit further out from our local community, we got to have some conversations with who they'd also miscarried 
children. And those conversations were hard and full of grief. But you know what? I think they were good. Because each of us, as we connected and communicated, found that there was something in the fabric or the nature of God that was being passed and transferred. Some sense of being known, some sense of being loved and being cared for that I think only God can really bring. And that was good. And I think that our experience and our circumstance actually became moments of good. Didn't make our things good. In fact, they're still not. But those things worked together for good for those that love the Lord and call according to his purpose. It's not a good mango. It's something far deeper. Far, far deeper. I mean, we live in a place in a, in a world that is, is incredibly complex and each of us have a different story and those stories have got hard bits in them and I don't think that God is trying to make those hard and bad things good I know my life's got tons of ups and downs in it and I'm formed and I'm shaped by the highs and the lows. And if I'm honest with myself, I'm probably shaped more by the lows. It's because it's in those low times that I can't rely on myself, I have to rely on things outside of myself. I have to turn my eyes to others, I have to turn my eyes to God and it's in those times of challenge and difficulty that I'm probably shaped the most. Still doesn't make those things good but I think that there's an opportunity that God has in those bad moments to be able to activate those for his purposes of good. He's got that capacity. He's got that power. And he does it. I'll never sit back and be able to reconcile my lost children as good but I will be able to look back and see that there have been moments where God has been a part of that story and has brought a sense of good through that bad. So it's my ongoing challenge that I turn my eyes to God, particularly when things are hard and bad and challenging, and that I let the Word of God dwell in me richly so that I understand who he is more and more and more each time. And beyond that, turning my eyes to him is to um, actually go to him and take him the things that I have that aren't good and give them to him actively and say, I'm not going to carry this by myself because I can't. I can't. I don't know how. So I'll give it to you. And releasing that to him in the hope Not that he'll make it good, but that he will weave good through that experience. I think that'll do us, eh? Can we pray together?
Oh God, you know each of us really, really well. You know that uh, we all have in our story some hard, complex and challenging things, things that we can't reconcile by ourselves. God, I ask that uh, you would impact us as individuals um, in such a way that we would be, we would know that you want us to give our burdens to you because you care. You ask us in your word to pass our, our, our hard stuff over to you because you are one that cares. God, I'd love that if we had the confidence to do that so that as we pass things to you, we can, instead of struggling and challenging alone, that we can be cared for, but that we can also hope that you'll bring things together. You'll bring things together for, for your purposes. Not that you want to change bad into good. We know that you're not about, you are about being true and being honest and being the same. So if you promise that you'll work things for good instead of changing things to good, God, we ask that you'll work things for good purposes, even though we might not be able to see them. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching. If you'd like to connect with us, make a financial gift, or find out more about Kingsway Churches, head to kingsway.org.au. Have a good one.